On this episode of Long Riders Radio, we're going to talk to someone who's got a four-digit IBA number. Wait, you can have a four-digit IBA number? Coming up! Support for Long Riders Radio comes from Black Widow Pro. Black Widow Pro has power sports carriers, ramps, lift tables, and more to easily move or work on every toy in your garage. From dirt bikes to cruisers up to ATVs and UTVs. Long Riders Radio listeners can save 15% on their order by using coupon code BIKE, that's B-I-K-E, over at blackwidowpro.com. Black Widow Pro, inspired by passion. Well, hey there everyone, Justin here. Boy, it's been a busy month. Uh... Just finished putting on the uh, West Coast 66 rally, which, boy, do I have newfound respect for every rally master out there. Uh, But the rally, I would say, was successful. We had a small but uh, very competitive group of riders that signed up and ran the rally. Uh, Big congratulations goes out to Carrie Miller of Seattle. She put together quite a route and uh, figured out many of the different puzzles that I uh, had thrown in there. So it looks like we're going to probably do this again. Looking like, eh kind of the first part of the summer maybe latter part of spring for next year uh you'll be sure to hear about it here if i uh if we do go ahead with this but uh looking good at this point so for this episode we're going to talk with bill norris who as i said in the intro had a four digit iron butt association number coming into this uh, last 2021 iron butt rally uh definitely had the lowest non-three digit number of anyone out there and uh boy i think you'll find out bill is a pretty interesting guy and uh, definitely did this on his own terms so i hope you'll enjoy this episode and uh we'll catch you on the flip side well on the line tonight we have the person who started the last iron butt rally with the smallest non three-digit number of anyone in the rally it was uh, mr bill norris and he uh he had a very interesting interesting rally and we're uh, i'm thrilled to talk to him about it bill welcome to long riders radio thank you justin i'm really Glad to be here. All right. Well, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Well, um, oh, crud. Where do I start? Uh, married, 56 uh, years old. Just had my birthday uh, you know, just before the rally. Got uh, two wonderful kids still at home. Uh, by trade, and I know we'll go over this in the LD dozen, I am a locksmith and safe technician by trade. Oh, cool. Which, you know, which means I get to open up safes and rekey your house. Okay, so uh, so okay, total non sequitur here. Do you ever watch a YouTube <laughs> channel called The Lock Picking Lawyer? He is on my subscriptions. Oh, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pick a little tight on one. Got some ser- yeah. counter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for anyone who's He's not very... for for anyone who even if you're not into locks at all, he, it's an amazing channel because he just he'll pick a lock and he does it all in one take, and all you see is his hands. You don't see any other part of him, and it just a phenomenal phenomenal uh youtube channel so anyway but anyway back to the motorcycling so you decided after well okay let's start with this question when did you become a member of the iron butt association april of 2000 okay so it took you 21 years to decide that you wanted to do the iron butt rally uh no i made that decision very early on it's just a lot life got in the way okay Fair enough. So, uh, okay, so you made the decision early on. Life got in the way. What made this year special? Uh, 
I got up the nerve to ask my wife. <laughs> no, she's been really supportive of me uh, doing this. I had the bike when we got married uh, 19 years ago. Um, I just it, actually the first 10 years, uh, I was just I was just there. Yeah. It wasn't until about 2010 that I w- put in my first rally that I thought I can do this stuff. And from there, I just kept doing more and more rallies uh, until finally I'm like, it's time. Yeah. It's time for me to put my head in. Uh, so I went for it, put it in, and here I am. Yeah. All right. So had you ever been to a IBR start before? Or was this your first experience even with that? In the start, uh, I've not been to one. I did go to the finish in 2015. Okay. But mainly because I had a friend that was also riding it for the first time then. All right. Uh, that that would be Christopher Ross. Oh yeah, Patreon supporter Chris Ross. There you uh, go. Yes, he is. <laughs> so what 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 do you think? You roll into salt into Provo, and I mean the start, in my opinion, is really where the show is. I mean the finish is is kind of the everyone gets around and sings Kumbaya together, but the the start <laughs> is really where the craziness is. What do you think about that? Um. I think they did a great job getting us started. Uh, good, always good facilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the event, uh, Lisa and that crew put on just a, a wonderful, uh, well-oiled machine. Uh, I got there. You no, know, I got there on Thursday, so I had a couple of days to uh, kind of explore the town and visit with folks that were there. Um, didn't really go on the bike much because traffic in Provo was just terrible. Um, that and it was hot. Yeah. It was a uh, hundred and nine on the way up uh up in Moab. Mm. And uh I knew I was gonna have to be in some uh, heat on the on the way out. So I was like, I wanna conserve myself for that. For yeah. That. yeah. All right, so you get to Provo. Well, let's talk about how you got to Provo because not only did you take your sweet time to decide you wanted to do the iron butt rally, but you had a very interesting motorcycle you chose to do it on, I would say. So what made the 1997 Kawasaki Vulcan 500, the right motorcycle for you and the Iron Butt Rally. This is my first motorcycle. Uh, and we'll, again, we'll do this in the LD dozen. Yeah. But um, I got this when I was between wives. Hmm. And she she really spoke to me. And I say she because my bike is a feminine personality. <laughs> and we have had conversations. Uh, and I just never felt a need to change. Yeah. I kept, I added this and that and the other for comfort. And I just caught the LD bug fairly early. Even when I was riding with some Harley guys, I was the one that was just like, let's go more, let's go more. So for those of you who don't know what a, a Kawasaki Vulcan is, a V twin, it's a cruiser no. style. Oh, it's it not is an inline. It's an inline twin. Inline twin. Okay. I... We're going to get even more so. It is the uh, Ninja 500 engine detuned. Oh, interesting. But it's still a cruiser style. I know that. It is a cruiser style. Yeah. So do you have a do you have a windshield on it or any kind of fairing? Of course. Okay, good. <laughs> I was um, going to say, if you rode right. the bike naked, that that's, that's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> no, my first uh, – actually, my very first trip um, was – a 600 mile day. I had the bike less than a month and she had handlebar. I did have a, a bubble shield on my open face helmet, but other than that, nothing oh, wow. bone stock. <laughs> yeah. I was hurting. <laughs> <laughs> so 
so one of the, I mean, that, that bike made the list. I don't know if you know this or not, but I was, when I was going on the, on the big list of iron butt rally first and thought and stuff like that, you are now on the list of the smallest motorcycle to complete, complete the iron butt rally. You're number nine, I think along I with saw like that. 15 entries from Kurt Warden, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that I, that's pretty pretty impressive. I mean, how did how did it do? I mean, over the eleven days. I mean, is it just like you've been riding it for the last twenty years? Or I mean, what's it? How did it do? Uh, the bike did wonderful. Uh, I did have one issue uh, where one of the far, spark plugs uh, fouled out in some heavy rain. Mm-hmm. When I got back, I found out what the real problem was, but I stopped at O'Reilly's, picked up a set of spark <laughs> plugs, put them in, in the parking lot, and kept going. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, that's one thing about those Kawasaki's just run forever, and that's just a, oh yeah, they're phenomenal, phenomenal motorcycles. So, one of the things I always ask a rookie when I'm, or a, who, somebody who was a rookie, I should say, when they're yeah. talking about wanting to do the Iron Butt Rally, is what's your goal? And so, did you have one, and what was it? If you did, my goal was to finish. That was it. Finisher status was my goal. Cool. And with my pep squad behind me, and by the way, my pep squad was both Christopher Ross and Steve Akins. Mm. So, yeah, they uh, they they reeled me in from a couple of decisions that might have put me close uh, to either penalty points. Uh, I never I never went so far as to push it to the limit as far as you know, the end of the penalty window. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. So there was a I, I left some points out there just to make sure I got to the finishing time. That's a good call. That's I yeah that is I mean that's what I did on my first iron butt is I I just just wanted to finish and I finished about the same as as you did I mean in the kind of mid forties fifties I think I finished fiftieth and you finished forty seventh mm-hmm. I mean it's just a forty third a forty third yeah you were that, <laughs> yeah well you were forty seventh on leg or no, actually you were never forty you were thirty seventh no. on leg one forty ninth on leg right. two and forty third on. <laughs> Like three, but I have to show you this. So you were rider number 53. Yeah. I think that is a very good number to have because. Oh, love it. 2019. That was my rider number. (laughs) So you, you held rider or flag 53 very well. I'm very proud to see that, 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 uh, I was looking at your, your score and was like, Hey, I recognize that number. So, (laughs) So one thing you did, didn't do that I thought was very good is you didn't get mentioned in the ride report until day 11, which is pretty darn good because that means that whoever the scribe was needs to talk about everyone at some point during the rally. And now they're just trying to find something to talk to you about or talk about you. So good job on that. That was, Thank uh, you. That, I'm, I'm sure that was another, that was another uh, goal is to stay out of the daily reports. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk a little bit about the ride itself. So looking at your um, – well, okay, you, you talked about that you pretty much did a – I mean, it sounds like you did a fairly conservative route, and I'm guessing it was a yeah. fairly conservative route, especially on leg one. Mm-hmm. And so talk about that. How did that route – I mean, you, you get released from the start, and now you're on your own. That adrenaline rush has now died off a little bit. What were mm-hmm. you thinking as you as you continue? Because you went up to the um, Golden Spike to do the photo bonus first, which is always a right. zoo. Um, talk about talk about that leg and how you did. Uh, on that one, um, like I said, I did conservative. Uh, ran up to basically ran straight north uh, to Ace in the Hole. Picked up some uh, place uh, bonuses along the way. 
and I've got an interesting story about Ace in the Hole also. Uh, that was the end of my uh, end of my uh, day on the first uh, first day, and I was tired. I've been pushing hard. Uh, there was wildlife everywhere. Yeah, uh, twist twisty mountain roads. There had been a fire, so it was, smoke was heavy in the air. So I got to, to Ace in the Hole, and I thought I'm gonna just lay down here, take me a nap. So I lay down for a minute, a little bit. About five minutes later, Mike Riley rides up. <laughs> And I'd already located a hotel, but I didn't have a, uh, with the critters running around. I just didn't feel comfortable at that point. Yeah. But, uh, Mike come up, talk to him a minute. He's got some bright headlights. So I followed him, was going to follow him over to this hotel. And by the time we get ready to roll, here comes Wendy Crockett. She comes up too. So me and Mike take off, um, it's 40 miles away. We get, uh, get into cell range. I call it up. It's a, uh, it's a two room cabin. So I'm like, this is good. So we get there by this time, Wendy's caught up to us and I pull into the, uh, to the cabin area there and he and Wendy run down the road a couple hundred yards and stop and they chat. Well, Mike decides that uh, he's just going to keep on running that night. So, okay. So I get checked in, get settled in. I lay down, I hear a bike pull back up. So I like, okay, Mike changed his mind. Well, I look, it's not Mike, but it's a BMW and it looks like it may be in rally trim. It's dark. I'm tired. So I invite the guy in. Um, so he comes in, starts putting his stuff together and I ask him what his rider number is. And he starts giving me his phone number. I'm like, are you an iron butt rally? <laughs> He's like, no, I'm at the end of the saddle store. I've been trying to find lodging for the last two hours. Oh my God. <laughs> well, so you're, you're, you were smart to get the hotel in that area. So ACE in the hole, I should probably point out is a, the Minuteman silos. That was the, the, um, was, was the bonus. It was on the side of the road. And as I was going in there on day two, uh, I saw, I was coming in from the north and I saw what I thought was a person on the side of the road. And then once the person jutted up the cliff, I realized it was a black bear. So probably good that you uh, decided to not be sleeping outdoors too much in that area. <laughs> true. Very true. Uh, next morning, he, uh, this guy, he saw me off. It was a beautiful morning. Caused some construction, probably the same construction that got uh, Al Greenwood mm -hmm. uh, on uh, his first leg. But uh, I kept seeing this couple over and over uh, during that day, and that was the um, oh god, what was their names? Doug. Oh. Oh. Uh, Jacobs. Ahead. Yes. And Liz, Doug and Liz, and we got to see some each other so much. I'm like, I called Lisa. I said, we are not a team <laughs> and uh, was reminded about the the this the definition of team so and it, it doesn't matter how in, much uh, you call her <laughs> they may if no. they decide you're a team you're a team <laughs> yeah uh just picked up everything off of what was that i-94 mm -hmm. through there and my last uh, bonus of the day was going to be the uh, uh greyhound uh bus terminal in hibbing minnesota yep and i knew i was I knew I was going to get there after dark, but uh, I thought I'll go ahead, locate the bonus, grab a hotel, pick it first thing in the morning. So I went, went in there, uh, found the bonus, and started looking for a hotel, and there's no vacancies at all. Uh, I make some phone calls. They say, did you check the roadway in? I said, it was the first place I checked. Um, so I found me a nice, quiet place behind a, a shopping center. Lay down. It was bright. Frogs were croaking big time. <laughs> kind of soothing. Uh, and I laid down. Well, a few minutes later, I hear a car pull up. 
it's the cops checking yeah. me out. Well, on my windshield, um, I have a placard I've clipped to the windshield that says, proclaims I'm being a safe motorcyclist because I'm sleeping. Please let me rest. So uh, when the cop walked up there, she looked at it, and I peeked up, and she smiled. I said, this is going to do well. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, they let, me, they let me sleep there. Sometime a little later, it was cool that night, so she brought me a blanket. Oh, that was nice. <laughs> that was very nice. So anyway, got up the next morning, folded the blanket, and I've been – I brought extra socks, one for each day, so I've always got a nice, clean pair of socks. So I left a couple of pair of socks and said, give them to a homeless shelter. Nice. They're always asking for socks. Yep. Um, when I got to that, when I got to uh, uh, that bonus, uh, Todd Lips was just leaving. So we said hi to each other and found out from his ride report that he had spent the night uh, uh, outside also. Hmm. From there, went on, uh, uh, where did I go? Just kept going south. Uh, went over into Iowa. Uh, there's two lane roads, kind of a time suck because the locals don't do the speed limit and there's no places to pass. <laughs> but I got um, the last place I was planning to get on that night uh, was the uh, West Paul uh, guitar. West Paul. Yeah. I can't remember where it was, but going to get there right at dark. So I grabbed a hotel there. Uh, and there was another rider came blowing by me about that time. I want to say Gallant. Oh, Steve Gallant. Yeah. I'm not sure if that was him, but, uh, we were going to the same place. Um, I called a hotel about 10 miles before it. Cause I knew it was going to be dark when I got there. No sense in wasting time. Um, when I got at the hotel, I checked the spot tracker, uh, uh for everybody. And there was somebody, uh, nearby at a hotel. I'm like, I wonder if that's him. <laughs> I talked to him later. He said, yeah, I got it, but I wanted to be sure. So he got it the next morning too. Yeah. Uh, went through Chicago rush hour traffic. Uh, yeah. that was a pucker. Yeah. So how'd that work out? Cause that was a pain in the butt for me. Uh, I survived. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say about it. Um, I've been through Chicago one time before at about one o'clock in the morning. It was a lot better then. Um, go ahead. Oh, I say I've heard it's just as bad no matter what time you're at, what time you go through. It doesn't matter, but yeah, yeah. that was not fun. And, and added that, that, that that's about when the rain started too. So it was, I was soaking wet when I, when I was going through it, uh, didn't get any rain until I was just about to the checkpoint. I think, uh, uh, my last bonus on leg one was the, uh, Michigan roadside table. Mm -hmm. And I love the description on there. I wonder how long till a biker took a nap on it. <laughs> and, and, and that picnic table uh, bonus is kind of special to me because, uh, as I go traveling around, I mark on my GPS while the rest areas and picnic areas are on the highways I've been to. And I put them in a P, uh, point of interest file. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. And that's just something I started with 150. I'm up to about 800 now. Oh, cool. Okay. So you have now arrived in the outskirts of Indianapolis in Carmel, Indiana. Mm -hmm. It is pouring down rain and mm -hmm. you're going into scoring looks like you didn't have any penalty points did you uh mm -mm. Did everything go well in scoring for you uh, sailed right through it nice not nothing uh, left on the table i wasn't really nervous because i was real comfortable about what i'd taken pictures up and uh of and presented uh it was a real smooth scoring process okay. and so you got to bed early i'm assuming and uh, got got a good night's sleep mm-hmm okay and then you Those you got to get up at four in the morning with uh, 79 of your closest friends to, 
go downstairs, have a uh, burrito for breakfast, or it was a breakfast sandwich, I think, there, and uh, get the get the rally fly, uh, information for leg two. And so tell me about once you got that new rally pack, what were what was going through your mind? I've never ri- driven or ridden in the east, so I was really concerned about uh, traffic that I heard about. Um, saw every just basically, again, pick off the uh, bonuses I knew that to make finisher status. Um, picked up, the, went over to first thing I did was go up to uh, Cleveland mm-hmm. get the Superman bonus, and that was a torrential rain up yes, there. Yes, it was. I went. I followed mixed, you. <laughs> uh, mixed with stop and go traffic. Yep. Went down to uh, Dayton and picked up the uh, bicycle shop for the uh, Wright brothers. Went over to Pittsburgh. At Pittsburgh, or, yeah, salt the salt vi- uh, virus mm-hmm. in the filling station. I saw you at the filling station. That's okay. It's like I thought I saw you at some point along here, but yeah. Um, kept going. Uh, see, I was dark. Where did I go on that one? Well, I we, cannot remember. Where- we must have been very close because I followed a very similar route. The only difference on that leg is I went to the Indiana, um, the the gravesite in Indiana first. And then I went to uh, kind of did what you were doing there. Yeah. So, uh, was that Bauer? Uh, yeah. Bowser. Okay. I, yeah. I got that one on leg one. Yeah. So we, we were very, we probably were very close to one another and that, that torrential downpour, I can attest to that. Cause my, <laughs> I was just soaking wet and I ended up stopping at a, a gas station <laughs> going in and I was going to buy some garbage bags and the lady just gave me some. So it was really nice. Cut them up took some tape or changed my socks, put the, mm-hmm. put new socks on with the uh, garbage bags, taped them up and then put them in my boots. And so I could have dry feet for a little while. And uh, yeah, that saved my bacon there. Cause I was, I mean, my feet were just soaking wet and I had gotten them dried out from the, the day before. And then they were just immediately soaking again. So good times there. Oh yeah. So all right, so you, uh, so I'm guessing you probably, so this is where we kind of split ways here because I ended up going up into upstate New York a little bit more, mm-hmm. and I think you looks like you went down kind of into the mid Atlantic area from right. there. Start making my way south pretty quick. Okay. Uh, Wheeling was it Wheeling uh, West Virginia Bridge? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that was. Um, I got to back up a second. Last Father's Day a year ago, my wife and kids presented me with brand new Garmin Zumo XT so that I could practice with it and get comfortable with it for the next year. Hmm. So uh, I don't, a regular GPS, I don't think would have made that route because of all the road closures. Um, Waze and Google probably would have been good, but I've got a little bitty phone. (laughs) I wouldn't be able to see it. (laughs) Uh, I'm on a budget, man. Yeah. You see the bike I ride. I'm on a budget. <laughs> so the the XT got you through the construction and everything. I mean, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It got some weird. Uh, that one did pretty good. Uh, there was another one later. The uh, Milady bonus. Um, that was in Central Virginia. Okay. Uh, we'll come back to some other stuff, but uh, I looked at my track on that. And I'm like, holy cow. There's, I mean, it almost looks like doodling. And the next night, um, I was going through Maryland. You talked about hotels in Maryland. I started calling ahead and no, no hotels, no hotels. So that one, I was nice enough. I found a rest here on the side of the road and was able to just lay down for a couple hours. 
and get somewhere fresh. And I thought, you know, my next stop is Washington, D.C. Let's get there before they wake up. Yeah. Up. And I was able, I rolled into D.C. about 4.30 uh, to get the uh, D.C. bonus, which is that placard for the uh, atomic clock. Mm -hmm. And then I went and picked up uh, the airmail. By this time, uh, D.C. is starting to wake up. Uh, and the last one was over at uh, Voice, over across the river. Yeah. All right. So you, so you said you. So the the Wright brothers one was an interesting, interesting item for me because there it was very obvious to me that it was quite apparent that that uh, that Jeff put that bonus there with just enough time to go there in the morning and get back to the checkpoint in Huntsville, and so. So that was the thing I was I was kind of going back and forth on is do I try to go there and try to get back and I I was I mean I was almost late to the to I mean I was almost into penalty which I wasn't thrilled about on leg 1 so mm -hmm. I was really thinking about okay I do not want to get in late on leg 2 and uh we can I'll get into that on my ride report on on decisions I wish I would have made in this rally but uh but yeah <laughs> it was not I mean that was a that that it, that bonus was kind of a time suck just because a, you had to get all the way out to the outer banks and mm -hmm. it's the traffic out there is just terrible. Oh, um, uh, let me, let me tell you about that one. Yeah. Uh, I told you I was at my lady mm -hmm. and I think it was about three, about three o'clock, a little, a little after that went straight down there and got into town about four forty-five, I think. And then hit, hit dead stop traffic yeah they got a was that three mile bridge going out there to the outer banks mm -hmm. it was packed and i was just it was just creeping along <laughs> and i am sweat and i'm calling my buddies and just venting yeah i see john coons come by pushing his way through traffic and i thought i'm gonna follow him and between i followed his lead there finally got across the bridge and we got there we pulled in the gate 12 minutes before it closed when it ran out there, snapped the picture seven minutes, and we got out right at five. Wow. Yeah, because that's the other thing is once you got there, then it was probably about a quarter to a half a mile of running out to the oh to the, to the <laughs> monument itself out in the middle of this field. Oh, yeah. But he was mean because one, two, and three were right there. Yeah. The uh, the fourth one was way over there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that was by design. But, all right, so – you got there. Did you end up staying out in that area or did you come back? Nope. I went, I went back to Virginia and got the mercury test capsule. Okay. Um, went down, spent the night in Eastern, uh, North Carolina. Okay. And then from there went on down to picked up South Carolina bonus, which was the typewriter, uh, went on into Atlanta, got the Georgia bonus. How was that for the, um, uh, I use my express lane toll tag a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was an expensive trip. <laughs> Atlanta traffic is not, I mean, it's, it's not quite Chicago level, but it's still not great. It's no, yeah. At least it moved. Yeah. Uh, and, and they, they're spread out enough where you've got some lanes to work with. Yeah. Uh, once I got in there, uh, I was originally going to go down and pick up the Alabama bonus, uh, down where was, it was kind of in Southern Alabama and I knew I was going to be tight on time. So I, instead I went back North, um, and was going to come across that hump uh, going in from Georgia, going through Tennessee, and then back over to Alabama mm. and caused some traffic up there. And when I got back, I started looking. 
I, I came within a mile of the bonus in uh, Eastern Tennessee, right there uh. in that little squiggly. And uh, I'm like, oh, a cow, but pulled in, uh, plenty of time to spare. That's another one of those don't want to get in too late. Yeah. Uh, don't get in too early either, but I was very comfortable with that. Yeah. On leg two, it's, I, yeah, I wouldn't worry about getting in too early on leg two, really. But on leg three, so I have, I have some questions about your leg three. So the first one is, you did not claim the flight bonus on leg two. You waited until leg three to claim the flight bonus, even though you had done everything you needed to do on leg two. It was there, was that a, a, I forgot to put it put it down on the score sheet, or was there some strategy involved in? Uh... I was kicking myself because I was <laughs> processing processing leg three, and all of a sudden it just came to me because you know on uh, leg three we had that big pretty Saturn V rocket yep. that was sitting beside the hotel, so I took some time just to kind of go over everything. That was going to be my next question, so but we'll come back. To yeah, it. come back to that. So, um, as I'm going through it, I'm like, oh my goodness, that wasn't the words I used, but oh my goodness, I have forgot. I left those points out there after working so hard to get it. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, there's nothing I can do about it now. So just go on. It didn't really plan into my strategy at that point, but somewhere on day two of leg three, it got going through my mind. That's on the rally wide list. Could I still claim it? So I made a phone call to Lisa and Jeff and they said, absolutely. So I, I went on adrenaline for the next hour. Nice. I was so happy. It's <laughs> awesome. Well, okay. So my, my next question to you that you kind of touched on there a second ago was why you chose so one of the the kind of interesting things about leg three was there was a very a fairly high bonus or high point bonus right next to the hotel but the catch was it was not valid i think until 10 o'clock in the morning noon i said was, afternoon afternoon okay so it was a yes. long it was a long wait and i i thought about it i thought okay can i go get something else and come back and get it and it just didn't end up working out for me what what made you want to to stay and get that as your, as your first bonus for leg three. Kind of like you, I couldn't really make it work to leave and then come back when that was the only thing in the area Yeah, to speak of. Um, what was even more fun on that when it come, there was a small crowd of us there waiting to get that bonus and to make sure that I had my motorcycle and the, uh, and the rocket complete rocket and complete motorcycle in there, you know, that rocket's tall mm -hmm. motorcycles aren't. Yeah. So I'm, I've framed everything. I am laying on the ground <laughs> in, on the asphalt here. And I'm looking up like this, fixing to snap the picture. And I hear a voice saying, hold that pose. It's Jeff taking a picture <laughs> of me, taking a picture of the bonus. That's awesome. <laughs> I was like, this is when the big money rally using the mirror might come into play. You could just put your mirror up there and with the bike in the shot then. And <laughs> so your leg three, it's interesting. You kind of started out completely different, but you ended doing very similar route to me. So you went up after that, you went up to the Oak Ridge, which I thought was a beautiful ride up there. It was. On that road. Oh, it's beautiful. And then Eastern Tennessee. Yeah. And then where'd you go from there? Uh, from there, let me back up a little bit and yeah. kind of tell you my strategy. Yeah. Uh, there were several combos on mm -hmm. this leg, uh, orbit, uh, sub, 
and I got to look and, you know, there were some pretty high points. Yep. But it's also in the east with a lot of potential traffic. And I heard later, you know, there was a tropical storm kind of brewing over there, too. And I had not heard about, but uh, made me go with the decision to get the fishing combo and the Nirvana combo mm -hmm. combo. Um, so that's that's what I based it around was those were those two. Okay. Yeah, and so it looks like you went kind of into well, like let's say into Louisiana, then over to Arkansas, and then kind of back into Texas, and then from there we actually followed a very similar route going across Texas mm -hmm. and then down into New Mexico and. And, uh, looks like you went yeah. to, um, to Arizona and then back up from there. Mm -hmm. So what, uh, what, how did, when did you actually end up getting in? Did you, did you go till all night on the last night or did you, I came in about midnight on the last <laughs> night. Um, I do want to bring back a couple. You asked me uh, where I went from the, uh, from Oak Ridge. Yeah. I just I just basically hauled uh, hauled it all the way across Tennessee to get the LP bonus there uh, outside of Brinkley, Arkansas. Mm. It's a daylight only, and the rally pack says I glanced at it. It said no, walk 600 feet to the bonus. Well, I get there. It's a dead end road, and the the uh, waypoint is about 600 feet to my left. So I grab my flag, and uh, it looks like a uh, like a log uh, forest road, of course. Uh, Louisiana, Arkansas doesn't have those kind of forest roads, but it's dead straight. Walk over a wire, a wire gate and I walk and I walk and I walk and there's nothing there. So what's going on? So I make my way back to the bike, uh, reread the rally pack and it says walk 600 feet down the boardwalk. And I'll turn to my, <laughs> to my, to the other way. And there's the boardwalk 30 feet <laughs> to my right. I'm like, <laughs> Yep, my official IBR salute. <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome. <laughs> it's only funny because I've done just as just as crazy a thing, and just like, oh, why did I? What was I thinking there? <laughs> so next, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say my next one I went to is over in Hot Springs with the uh, was it uh, movies with sound? Yeah. The, it was a yep. marker that was embedded in the pavement. And uh, I lived in hot Springs for over a year once. So I kind of knew the area and it's beautiful riding through there too. Um, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, cause yeah, cause the beautiful riding kind of dries up a little bit as you start heading across Texas, in my opinion, where it's just miles and miles and nothing but miles and miles. And, uh, and it gets a little nicer once you get into New Mexico, but it's still pretty barren. So you, <laughs> Get your fix of good riding while you could, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> so you got you said you got in around midnight. Mm -hmm. Were you feeling pretty good about about things at that point? I mean, when... I was sad that it was stopping. Yeah, I wanted to keep going. Yeah, I really did. I I always feel like I'm by the kind of midway. Well, let me let me ask you this. This is how it always feels like for me. Leg one just seems to drag on. And leg two goes pretty quick and leg three just seems it's five days. It seems like it's shorter than leg one. And I'm so in the groove of things by, by the time leg three rolls around, it's just like, I'm just ready to keep going. Like just, Oh yeah. Yeah. Now the last, last little bit of it, because the, uh, 
from my last bonus up to back up to Provo, I followed the exact same road I did getting to the start from home. Mm. <laughs> so I had about 400 miles, the exact same road in Eastern uh, Utah is not, it's nice, but not at night. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I did that at two in the morning. <laughs> I, I, I went up, I went over. So the only little difference I did is I went over to Phoenix too. And so it was 109 degrees going through Phoenix. And four hours later I was putting on my heated gear uh, mm-hmm. as I was up in the, in the mountains outside Flagstaff and, and getting into, um, what was it? Uh, it starts with a K, um, Kanab in, uh, oh, yeah. in Utah. So yeah, it's, it was, uh, that was a very unpleasant ride <laughs> through a very nice area, but very unpleasant mm-hmm. ride for me. So, but you said you got, you, you felt, you felt decently good. You were ready to keep going when, uh, when the start banquet, I mean, or the, excuse me, when the finisher banquet starts up, mm-hmm. did, did you finish about where you thought you would? Yes, really. I did. I'd like to have been a little bit better, mm-hmm. but the fact that I wasn't the, the fact that my name was called was always great. Yeah. And the fact that my name was not the first one called was even better. <laughs> <laughs> the, I, I think it was, uh, Oh shoot. Who was it? Um, it was Troy. In when Troy, uh, he switched motorcycles in 2017 mm-hmm. and uh, and ended up coming in last place. He's like, my number's still higher than next year's first, the first number given out next year. And like, that's exactly the right way to look at it. <laughs> is yep, yeah. So, all right. So now that you've done this, do you feel the need to do it again? Yes. Good answer. <laughs> it's just not. It's just not going to be next time. Not going to be next I've time. Got, really? Uh, it's not. And that's not my choice. I've got family commitments to take care of. Well, that's a, that's a pretty darn good reason right there. So you're thinking like a 2025 would be your next, next run. Okay. 25 or 27. All right. Here, so here is the, the million dollar question. Will it be the same Kawasaki uh, Vulcan motorcycle if it's a 2025 or 2027? Yes. Nice. I want to see how well she does. Perfect. Yeah. I held really, I think I held her back because mm. we, we could have gone out. I told you about some uh, bonuses I left out yeah. just to make sure I got into the checkpoint. I might be a little more aggressive yeah. uh, on my routing. Well, that's the way I kind of, I've, I've kind of taken a progressive approach to every time I've done this. I mean, it's my third one now. And the first time it was exactly like you, I just want to finish. And then in 20, 2019 I had a horrendous first leg and then really started pushing a little bit more in the second and third leg and had a lot of fun. And this one I was I mean I I I made a poor decision on leg 2, but I was planning I mean I was planning with like let's see what I can do with just the minimum amount of sleep that I can I can handle. And mm-hmm. uh and I I felt pretty good towards the end of it. I mean, it just, like I said, if I'd made a, dis- a different decision on leg two about a couple of things, it would have been, it would have made a little bit of a difference in the end, put it that way. But, um, but yeah, it's, it, I don't know. It, it gets in your blood, I think. And just, I, I, I'm, I, I'm ready for the next one already. I mean, I really am. Oh yeah. Just, I can't <laughs> yeah, let, like, when's it starting again? I'm like, Oh, it's not two years. <laughs> let me get this one paid off on the credit cards. There you first. Go. Yeah. <laughs> so did you keep track of all your costs for it or? Oh yeah. Yeah. So would, I'll, I'll just ask you this with the, 
11 days, 11,000 miles, $11,000 would be fairly accurate for your cost as well. I, I told you I'm on a budget. Okay. So you got it. Oh. You did it for less. Uh, counting entry fees and stuff, substantially less. Nice. Well, and I, I would say that the $11,000 really has to include the bike. I mean, in a lot of it. Nah. But not for you. You, you had the bike paid off. Bikes, bikes paid off. She's been uh, restored once, and she's actually on her second engine, third rebuild. Oh, wow. Engines are lasting about 100,000. <laughs> so how many miles <laughs> do you have on it? She finished the rally with 243. Wow. That is great. So we're pushing a quarter million miles on her. Yeah. All right. Well, before we get into the LD dozen, congratulations on your ride. That is a monumental undertaking. And and anyone who finishes that rally deserves a, just a ton of respect. And uh, you definitely – I mean, you did not do it on the, the easy way, I can tell you that. So congratulations. And uh, you should – Thank you. Definitely something Thank to be you, Justin. Of. Thank you, Justin. Um, I will say that over the years, I have made her probably the most comfortable thing. I have uh, the almost comfortable bike in the garage, and the other one's another Kawasaki Vulcan 500. Wow. It's just more of a day tripper. Yeah. Oh, very cool. It's uh, going to be for my 17-year-old son whenever he finally gets his license. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, as you know, as a listener of the show, we ask each guest the same series of 12 questions. We'll call them the LD Dozen, and we'll get them up so I can – remember to ask you the correct one the first one will be very easy for you what was your first motorcycle and why kawasaki vulcan 500 1997 model and i purchased it used in 99 when i worked at a uh, uh worked at a place that also sold motorcycles it mm. came in as a trade and i just kept looking at it i knew it was a little different but I asked the owner if I could you know, take it home. Not really a test drive. Well, really a test drive. And while I was uh, riding, I mean, she, I heard these words. Take me home. Keep me. I'll treat you right. Awesome. <laughs> that was in June of 1999. Wow. And the bike, had she had less than 3,000 miles on her at that point. I was just going to ask you, how many miles did it have at that point? So 3,000 miles. Wow. So brand new. Almost. Yeah. So did you get into motorcycle? I mean, obviously a little later in life then. I did, but there's a neat story that goes along with this. Yeah. When I was a baby, my dad had a Triumph Bonneville TT special that he had bought from a friend. And he would put me on the tank of this bike and we would go to town. Oh, wow. Um, he said I was still in diapers. <laughs> give you an idea how long ago. And it never, I don't consciously remember it, but. Through my childhood, I had this longing for a motorcycle. Um, in the first grade, I can remember running around the playground with my arms outstretched in front of me, <laughs> making motorcycle engine noises and scooting my feet to throw up a rooster tail. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And I've got a grand, I've got a grandmother. She showered me with all all sorts of things. She never said no to anything I wanted until I said, "Can I have a motorcycle?" And it was emphatic, "No." <laughs> no end of discussion. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so question number two: Where did you take your first overnight ride? I'd had the bike about a month, and uh, there was this uh, woman I had. Uh, okay, she's a friend. Well, more of it, more of it now. Yeah, <laughs> um, and she lived about six hundred miles away. 
So I thought I'm just going to go surprise her. Hmm. So the no throttle lock, no windshield, no back wrist. <laughs> God. Bone stock. Um, I think I had maybe 5,000 miles on the bike at that point, And I took a day ride of over 600 miles hmm. on this. Now, mind you, when I got back a few days later, I was hurting. Yeah. So the, my very first Farkle was a throttle lock. Yeah. That, thr that uh, throttle lock is still on the bike. Wow. Simple works. Yeah, exactly. All right. Question number three. What is your day job? What pays for this budget LD riding habit? <laughs> uh, I am a uh, locksmith and safe technician which means I can rekey your house and open up your safe with permission. With permission. Some people yes. might, yeah. <laughs> Some people call me a safe cracker. Yeah. So have you ever had to uh, pick the lock on your motorcycle to start it? No, no. I, I have key. I still have the original key. It's very worn. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I have picked it for practice, but uh, no, I've never had to do that. But you could probably pretty easily cut your own key for if you need a new one. So, oh yeah. <laughs> so no excuse if you lose your key nope. to not have a spare. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number four: What is your favorite non-motorcycling hobby? That's toughie. Um, that is a toughie because uh, I work and play. Probably uh, uh, geocaching. Hmm which is, you know, yeah. it's on the same lines as I'd what say. we got. And it does, does take you into some uh, remote areas sometimes, but sometimes I take the motorcycle geocaching. That's basically what rallying is. In my opinion, is just geocaching on the clock. So there you go. Competitive geocaching. What uh, question number five, what is your favorite road? I went through these questions before the interview <laughs> and I, I used to have a couple of them, but uh, I have been riding so much now, even they are kind of paling by comparison. Um, north of Potts Village in Arkansas, there's a scenic state Highway 7 that goes for about 30 or 35 miles to Ola. Uh, yeah, it's Ola, uh, Arkansas. And it's just, uh, you know, uh, goes through the uh, Washita Mountains. So you've got twisties, no switchbacks. Hmm. But uh, you can make some nice spirited riding on these roads, and it's just beautiful. They've uh, there's vistas off to one side or the other. Um, it's not a steep road like the uh, million dollar highway would be, but it's a uh, it's very enjoyable road. I haven't ridden it in several years. I need to go back. Hmm. Hopefully, it's got a little less traffic than the million dollar highway does too. <laughs> it's been a while, but I I think it was good there too. I do remember scraping pegs at about sixty five. Uh, going around one of those curves. I don't do that often. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number six. What is your least favorite road? Anything with sand. Oh. Not a, not a fan of sand, huh? <laughs> not a fan of sand on a street bike. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least the at least the Vulcan, you're, you're sitting a little lower, so you can try to grab it if it uh, starts going over. But, yeah. <laughs> Years ago, I uh, was coming back from a uh, rally. It was uh, before I really got into LD riding, but uh, it was a uh, a dirt road that had ruts in it were deep enough. I got off the bike and I was leaning down over the bike uh. to get it through this rut. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, sand. Yeah, I hate sand. 
So you mentioned that your family got you a new Garmin XT. So if you're for your routing, you're using Basecamp, I'm assuming then? Yes. Um, I do like to use Google to uh, spot check things mm -hmm. if something's kind of questionable. Uh, but no, I do pretty much Basecamp. I've, I've found lately, especially Basecamp is just not accurate time-wise for me. It it is it is way slow, and I don't think it's I'm riding that fast. It's just well for whatever reason it's incredibly slow <laughs> from what I would expect it to be. So anyway, side note there. But uh, question number eight, you may not. This is totally a hypothetical because I don't think you're ever going to get another new bike. But if you did get a new another new bike, <laughs> what would be the first Farkle you're going to take off your your Vulcan and put on the new bike? Ah, uh, that's a good one. Or buy a new uh, one, maybe new Fargo, maybe who knows? I have to have something old, something new. What borrowed blue? <laughs> uh, it would probably have to be headlights if uh, if the bike does, or auxiliary lights. Yeah, uh, that has been something woefully lacking in Hidalgo. By the way, that's the name of my motorcycle, <laughs> Hidalgo. Um, I'll explain later when we come to, or can we explain now? Yeah, go for it. Back in 2011, I was coming back from a, a trip, uh, a business trip and, uh, from North Georgia, and I just got through riding the uh, Tail of the Dragon and Cheryl Hollis Skyway. And I got to thinking, this bike has been so dependable. Now, mind you, this was 10 years ago. She only had 130000 on her then. But she's been so dependable. She's not a thoroughbred, and she always gets me home never lets me down. And I thought of a movie where there was a horse, mm -hmm. um, that did pretty much the same thing with the, with this guy. And I thought this is the name. She's Hidalgo. Very cool. So, so you mentioned auxiliary lights. Do you have auxiliary lights on, on your current bike? Yes. Uh, lighting has always been a little bit weak. Again, my budget, mm -hmm. Um, I've got the spots up, uh, beside the headlight, which is a, uh, Cyclops adventure version 10 led great light. Uh, and I've got a couple of led rider, 10 watts down low on the forks. Uh, when they get covered with bugs, they don't do as much as they should. Well, I imagine too, it's maybe not just a monetary budget, but an electrical budget too, probably plays quite a bit into this, into this bike. Wouldn't it? Now, now that you bring it up, you're, you're correct. The alternator on the, this bike is 17 amps total, 240 watts. Wow. So yeah, I have to, uh, I have to dispense with an eyedropper. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. Well, we've, I think we've run this one into the ground of what's your current bike and why. So we can probably <laughs> just skip that one and move on to, uh, who made your seat? Kawasaki. Interesting. But it's not off of this bike. Oh, okay. It's off a, a, a Vulcan, a drifter. Okay. What's the, the drift? What's the, dr the difference? Uh, the original seat was kind of high in the middle and round on the sides, kind of like you see most cruisers. Mm -hmm. This one is shaped like a tractor seat. There's actually a dish in it that supports the outside, and I top it with an Airhawk. Nice. Yeah. I'd say that that probably. I mean, you say like a tractor seat. That's pretty much what mm -hmm. I would consider a, a Russell Daylong to look like too. Is yep. That's it's got a little pocket for your butt to go in and. Bob's your uncle and everyone's happy. There it is. <laughs> All right. Question number 11. What is your favorite or your most interesting place you've visited on your motorcycle? Up until this rally, I didn't, I had one that was, uh, my very first bonus on my very first rally 
which was the uh, VLA, the very large array mm. over in Socorro, New Mexico, just be- because. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to add to that, uh, went uh, the first bonus during this year's IBR, Promontory Point. Uh, I loved it, too, just for the history. But there's uh, my really favorite now is the Michigan bonus, the uh, uh, picnic table. Oh, really? Just just because I'm uh, you know keeping a list of all the picnic tables. Yeah. That's, I love that question just because it's, it gets so many different types of questions from people because everyone takes it just a little bit differently. So that's definitely the first time a picnic table has been uh, <laughs> listed <laughs> as, the most, as the favorite or most interesting. All right. Question number 12. Last question. How do you pass the time on a long ride? Your podcast, music and other podcasts. Oh, cool. Thank you. Well, Bill. Again, congratulations on uh, finishing the Iron Butt Rally. That is uh, something to be proud of and something that can never take away from you. And uh, anything you want to, else you want to talk about before I let you go? I just want to thank you for the, doing these podcasts. Oh, yeah. They keep me entertained. Uh, you, you do a good job. I just want to thank my host so much. Thank uh, you, you very good. much. Yeah. I need to get I need to get back to uh, get on the supporter list for you. Oh, no. Nah. Well, I pre- I appreciate everyone who support who supports, but uh, don't no one should feel the the obligation to do so. So, whatever uh, anyone, as long as there's a couple people who can help me pay for the website, that's all I ask. <laughs> that's that's it. Thank you, Justin. All right. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. All right, everyone. That is Bill Norris, whose new IBA number is six three five. Congratulations, number six three five, and uh, thank you for coming on Long Riders Radio. Thank you, Justin. Well, if you'd like to get in contact with me, the best way to do it is to head over to our website, www.longridersradio.com. And a big thank you to Black Widow Pro for their support on this episode. Move, store, or work on your power sports toy with Black Widow Pro carriers, ramps, lift tables, and more. Long Riders Radio listeners can save 15% on their order by using coupon code BIKE, that's B-I-K-E, over at blackwidowpro.com. Black Widow Pro, inspired by passion. And a big thank you to Abraham Azraeli, Matt Hume, Daniel Parks, Lonnie Stevens, and Don Rinker, as well as the other 26 people who support this show on Patreon and help make it possible. Thank you very much. I couldn't do it without you. And as always, we need to thank this show's founder, Mr. Michael Cox. You know, I was talking to Mike the other day on FaceTime and noted what a snazzy new leisure suit he had on. And uh, made a comment about his uh, style choices maybe being uh, maybe a little dated. And he said, I just never felt the need to change. Right, save everyone.